Welcome to 216, Link to the Past Randomizer Podcast. I'm your host, your agent. Back for episode number four. Response to the show again. It's been super overwhelming, uh, super positive. I can't thank everyone enough for just the um, the feedback that I've been hearing. That you're all enjoying the show and the conversations that we're having. And it means a lot. I'm having a great time doing it. Already booked through season one. Season one will be 12 episodes. Have that confirmed. Already started booking for season two. So uh, don't expect much of a break between season one and season two. Um, it's just, I'm just having too much fun doing these. And there's so many people in the community that I want to talk to. And just not enough hours. <laughs> not enough time to do it all. So, yeah. Just thanks again for for listening to the show. Thanks for for the response. Uh, any feedback I get, even even if it's not positive, I'm uh, I'm open to, and I'm I'm hoping to hear. And yeah, yeah. Thanks for reaching out, and for everyone that's joined the Discord and, and is hanging out, really appreciate it as well. Um, last week was my birthday. Turned forty one years old, super old. Probably one of the oldest people in the community. <laughs> But this is an old game, right? Um, had a birthday stream, did some cross keys versus Humbug and Jewel Ninja. Humbug got a 125 against me in cross keys. That seed was bananas. Boots were in Link's house. Can't complain about that. Lost by like 15 minutes, but had a fun time doing it anyways. So um, big shout out to everyone that stopped by the stream, hung out for my birthday, uh, dropped those gift subs, all that kind of stuff. Really appreciate it again. Community has been super kind to me, and I can't thank you all enough. I ended up uh, heading up to Seattle. I'm in Washington, hanging out with some buddies. Went to a Mariners versus Boston Red Sox game. Unfortunately, the Mariners lost by one run. Didn't go. Uh, didn't go the way I was hoping. We hoping for a, a ninth inning rally. Didn't happen. But regardless, I had a blast with my my friends. Had some really good food and uh, hung out in Seattle. It was a really good time. Main tournaments going on, of course. Uh, we're already heading into the top 16, top eight. We've got one qualifier into the top eight. Uh, if you're a, a fan of Scottish Brave and Zen Arcane, both got knocked out. Was really hoping to see them meet up in the meet up in the top eight, but got knocked out. I believe by Tito and Skell. So congratulations to them. Don't want to take anything away from from those victories. But was a, a bit disappointed that uh, we didn't get the dream main tournament matchup of Scottish Brave versus Entercane. But they're going to be fine. They're getting married. They're having a good time playing this game, dominating top 32. So big shouts to Scottish Brave and Zenarcane. Uh What else? We got Moogle versus Schulzer coming up here, I believe, top 16. That's going to be a good matchup to, to keep an eye out for. Um. Zelga, who is still my pick and will remain my pick to win this whole thing, faces uh, Skell, who just knocked out Scottish Brave, playing really, really well. Going to be a really good matchup. Winner goes on to the top eight. Speaking of the top eight, we have our first person into the top eight. That is Arier, someone who's pretty good at the game, I would say. Current uh, NMG 80% world record holder. Dominates NMG and Rando. Doesn't seem too fair. But if you look at his uh, his route to top eight, uh, 
see, top 64, two owed McMonkey, not easy to do. Two owed Raylan Tinkier, not easy to do. And then two owed Matt 7898, <laughs> that's really not easy to do. Uh, and they had some fun races to watch. So if you want to check those uh, Ari versus Matt races out, I, I would highly recommend it. Um, two of my favorite runners. So Ari, first person locked into the top eight. Not a surprise. I think uh, I think we still have the possibility of seeing like an Ari Zelga matchup, which would be pretty hype as they're two of the best runners in the entire community. Uh, Ariana Terra, though, top eight, and winning the ladder invitational, a recent invitational that just happened. Uh, it took it in three against Humbug. It was the Open Plus invitational that the ladder is running. Open Plus being uh, Pseudo Boots. Uh, pseudo Boots being controversial, I don't know. People just want boots. I think we should just have boots. Uh, the I, the reason I think we have pseudo boots is people. There is a small percentage of people that really hate hovering, like really hate it. There's the people that hover, so therefore, there's the people that don't hover, and in that don't hover section, there's people who don't care, and a loud major, uh, minority that hate it so much that they want to remove it from the game. And so pseudo boots was like a compromise, but it, it's just not, just give us boots. Just let's just have boots. Pseudo boots are fine. I don't hate pseudo boots, but let's just have boots. And if this is controversial and you hate hovering, sorry, <laughs> it's just part of the game. Sorry that you don't like it. Uh, there's the Moldorm bounce to get around uh, hovering Moldorm two. You can learn that it's not that hard to do. It's just it's just part of racing. Let's just have it. And if we're gonna do boots, that's why casual boots is so nice. Is just you just have boots. Uh, the pseudo boots were a cool experiment. I think uh, it's like a good compromise, I guess. But actually, you know what? I'm gonna take that back. I don't think it's that good of a compromise. I think it's uh. Just give us boots and let's just dash. So that's my stance on that. Uh, Cross Keys tournament, it was announced, uh, going to be starting July 5th. I think 196 cap. And right now it's over 120 people already entered. Going to be a Swiss into a brackets. Last year it was top 16. I'm not sure. I haven't fully read the document, so I'm not sure if they're expanding that or not. But hope they expand it past 16, maybe top 32. Last year in the Cross Keys tournament, I went five and three. I lost to Jay Coper in the last round to miss the play-in race. And uh, that was a bit unfortunate. Hoping to do a little bit better, but field is expanding. More and more people are playing Cross Keys. going to be that much more tough. We'll see. Definitely joining that one. Still on the fence about casual boots. Currently registered for casual boots, but not 100% sure that I'm going to be joining. Um, yeah, that's, that's what we got going on in the community right now. Today's guest is uh, P train. A lot of people know who P train is just a nice guy. <laughs> P train is just a nice, positive, even killed dude. And that's kind of what our conversation is. It's just a 
conversation of positivity and even killedness. He doesn't get super high and he doesn't get super low. And uh, I need more of that in my life. I need more positivity. I need more even killedness. Someone who can just kind of keep it steady throughout whatever's going on. Yeah, it's a super fun conversation. So enough yapping for me. Let's get to that conversation. So not to date the episode, but you just uh, you just had a race for the, you're in the main tournament. You're in the brackets, top 64 against Radical Sniper Game 2. How'd it go? I lost, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So not well. Um, it didn't, so, didn't oh, like the seat. Yeah. What, what mode was it? Was it? A, it was Key Sanity, which I felt like I was due for. Um, I think I had a big chance of Key Sanity. According to Moogle Charms calculations, he he did magic and gave me a number. Um, okay, <laughs> nice. It was like 44% for Key Sanity and 22% for Inverted Key Sanity. So I figured I was getting some kind of Key Sanity. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Just the way it played out, just I, I could not find the progression. And uh, Radical Sniper made all the right decisions, uh, despite his best efforts. Um, <laughs> we were on we were on Death Mountain without a mirror, and he forgot. So he entered the south portal and couldn't do a turtle rock dive because he couldn't mirror and you know open up the right. portal. And yeah. uh, there was nothing in turtle rock, and I can tell you because I made that play. And, oh uh, man! So he 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 had a he had a lot of time on me. He uh, he had a very convincing win over me. So good for him. Yeah. But uh, sucks for me. For sure. <laughs> um, so how, how have you enjoyed the main tournament this year compared to? Because this is what your third, fourth main tournament. That sounds right. Um, I did the Swiss. I did the groups. Yeah, I think this is my fourth. Okay. So, um, if this is the second tournament I've played where there's kind of a grab bag of modes, um, although this one you don't really have control over. The previous one was, uh, I guess it would have been 2019 maybe, where you could kind of vote for different veto? changes. Was it the veto um, one? Yeah, because really kind of I vetoed yeah. Swordless forever. Yeah. Because Swordless yeah, is yeah. the worst. I don't care. I don't care what Dancy said in his episode. I agree. It's <laughs> awful. It is awful. Not being able to dash through stuff uh, is awful. And, you know, you get used to not having swords in certain areas, and that's not that big of a deal. But seriously, like dashing without a sword and then like the Aga fights, it's just not fun. Yeah. That said, you know, this tournament, I, not that I expected it to be a bad time. All right, because I'm going to say this, and I don't want people to think like, "Oh, I expected it sucked." I'm having a surprisingly good time with it. Um, yeah, I, I had some reservations about some of the modes that were being included. That said, I've only raced inverted key sanity once. That's my least favorite mode of the the modes that you can race. But um, and you've only gotten it once. Yeah, nice. yeah it was uh, my first race, actually. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so just just trial by fire there. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you yeah, win no, that race? It, I've actually enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I did win it. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, what, what do you no, think? How do you compare it? Yeah. How do you compare it to the last ones? Which, which of the main tournaments have you enjoyed the most? The five twelve Swiss? No, I mean, I don't know. Five twelve Swiss, Swiss was my first one. So actually it always kind of, kind of has a, like I have a fondness for that tournament just cause it sure. was my first tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I had no administrative roles. So, you know, yeah. most of the complaints come from the administrative side, which I get, but, sure. um, I don't know. Like, if I could go back, maybe the. I think of all the turn in terms of main tournaments, it probably would be that one where you could uh, veto the different modes. Mm-hmm. Just because I thought that was 
craziness, but within reason. Um, yeah. Or where you could make like a, there, there's also that tournament where you could make like one change. So like you could choose for it to be like six, six as opposed to seven, seven, or you could choose for it to be like maybe fast Ganon instead of open Ganon. Um, I thought that was a really cool way to keep it fresh without getting like real nutty with it and just getting these like, mm-hmm. really crazy modes. Um, yeah, I, I really you- enjoyed that tournament. Yeah, did you like last year's the all stand hard the entire run? Hmm. I went far during that tournament too. Um, I can't. I don't know. Like, I mean, I I, I enjoy playing the game. Also, yeah. um, I, I tend to appreciate modes that focus on execution. Um, so things like key sanity can be a little volatile. You know, well, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because on one hand, one skip can make or break you, but also because it's key sanity, you know, it's kind of harder for that, the God route to, to be Mm -hmm. so strong in key sanity. Right. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of things that can go right. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Um, but stand hard. I, I don't know. I felt like it was a, I felt like it was a good test of execution you know you had to be clever with your health um you you couldn't just rush in them you know like if, let's say you enter dark world with a fire rod in typical open or standard modes that you're almost guaranteed to be going to skull woods if you have a sword just because that's at that point it's almost guaranteed to be an easy fight but uh with the adjusted health pool um that that wasn't guaranteed which was mm-hmm. really cool. Um, you had to be a little bit smarter with what you committed to early game. And uh, there, there were lots of stories of people who thought they could handle Moth or thought they could handle Dark Pond right. early on in the game because that's what they were used to doing. And it just, you have to play, the meta changes when you don't have as much health. Yeah, for sure. It's it's interesting. I didn't I didn't play this, this tournament, but I feel like I tend to m- enjoy the variety more than just one mode. Like last year just kind of felt a little monotonous because it was actually the best performance for myself. I, I made top 32, but it just, I think the variety of modes in the main tournament just makes it a bit more tolerable. I think, I don't know. What do you think? I agree. Um, again, as long as the modes are like, somewhat comparable to each other you know inverted key sanity again being just kind of the outlier there just because it's a it's a completely different style of routing right Um, i think key sanity is comparable to open i think ambrosia is comparable to open even boss miser you know boss miser has its quirks but you know the the items unlock the same locations and right. with inverted key sanity, your you know mitts have completely different implications. A moon pearl has completely different implications. It's just the the rules are so drastically different in inverted mm. key sanity. Yeah, it is weird. And then they threw in the wrinkle of the flute start, which I mean, you've played a decent amount of inverted, I'm sure, and I know I played a lot of inverted. Throwing in that flute start just kind of changes everything a bit. So that was kind of an interesting inclusion like right before the tournament started <laughs> I, um, I like what it does to like your your very I, I like what it does to the very beginning of the seed um mm-hmm. but beyond that i found that what it does is that my bunny walking starts from desert as opposed to from the castle after killing Aga. No. that's been my experience <laughs> i'm sure other people have had different yeah. experiences but in my my limited exposure that's what it's uh, felt like to me yeah for sure 
So where did you start? When was your, how did you get introduced to randomizer? Were you uh, already speed running or doing things like that? Or how, how did you find it? I have always had a fondness for Link to the Past. It has been my absolute favorite video game since I was, I grew up with a Super Nintendo. Um, I think I had a Super Nintendo before I started kindergarten. Oh, wow. So I've been playing it since I was like four. My dad bought mm-hmm. the combo that came with the Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I, I've just, I've always loved Zelda. And I remember uh, even as a kid, like in middle school or high school, when I first got access to the internet and I found out that glitches existed for Link to the Past, I didn't understand at that point that there were different versions of the game. So right. I think there was kind of this, it, it was very difficult to find because you didn't have these hubs of knowledge. Like today, information so easy to access. With, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like Reddit, Discord, you know, all these yeah. communities that just share information. Back then mm-hmm. it was like the Wild West, you know, like you just kind of had to find what you could find on your know, Ask Jeeves. Yeah. Um, I think what GameFAQs was like one of the first ones that kind of had information, oh, yeah. but it didn't even have like full information. You usually have like walkthroughs and stuff, but. Not necessarily glitches. I spent many hours on that site, man. That's a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't been to the site in forever, but I remember uh, when it, you know, first days of the internet using that quite a bit. But yeah, you would find these, uh, like I could read about these glitches, but I didn't understand like the difference between the 1.0 version and like the US version. So I would try them and I'd be like, oh, well, I guess I'm just bad at the game because I can't do these glitches. And uh, I would every now and then pick it up and do another casual playthrough just because I love the game so much. Sure, and uh, yeah. it wasn't until ADGQ 2018 where I saw Andy versus Christos at mm. do their uh, do their expo race and uh yeah the swordless man, one right I, when I when I saw that I was like I got to get in on this like my my favorite game and now it's new every time like yeah holy cow were you watching stuff on Twitch before that were were you into streaming or speedrunning other games or how did you come across uh, GDQ? I felt like I had heard about it. I can't remember when I actually heard about it. Um, to be honest, like I, I feel like I found ADGQ around the time of around the time. I, th- I feel like I discovered speedrunning about that same time. Um, I had never heard of speedrunning before, and about the time I heard about ADGQ, I was like, "Oh, well, what is a speedrun?" And that's mm. when I was kind of exposed to that side of the community. Yeah. Um, and actually, I remember like one of the first speedrunning videos I saw when I was just starting to get into it was um, I, I want to say it was now they now they're uh, now she's Narcissa Wright. At the time, the video was recorded. I believe his their name was Cosmo. Um, mm-hmm. They did a run where they just broke ocarina of time wide open and the coolest part to me was that she was just kind of breaking down like oh yeah this is the history of the run and this is how i was exposed to the run and she was just talking about lurking on these different message boards and uh man i was just so fascinated about how the the runs develop and how tech is discovered and how it's evaluated and it's determined like does this make the route more effective you know because sometimes you'll find a trick but it has no value in you know this category because Mm -hmm. it's too broken or you just can't find the time to set it up and right i i don't know I, i i really appreciated the the different perspectives that come into speedrunning and the level of effort it takes to really optimize a run. Right. So that didn't get you interested in running Ocarina of Time at all, though? 
Was no, it the- I, I just that that was just beyond my time. Uh, by the time yeah. the Nintendo sixty four, I played through Ocarina of Time when it came out, but it just doesn't hit me like nostalgia wise the right. same way that Link to the Past does. Sure, especially if you grow up with it, you know that. Like, uh, I yeah, I, I feel like everyone I've interviewed or talked with has that same sort of like come to Jesus moment with Link to the Past, where it's like, oh, I found this game, and it like hit me. And it's always stuck with me. And I think that's the cool thing about this game in the randomizer is the fact that you kind of get that feeling every time you, you know, boot up a new seed It's like you get the warm and fuzzies a little bit about how cool this game actually is. So, yeah, um, I had a conversation with my wife too, just like, uh, playing through randomizer. And I think this was about the time I was in the last tournament and I had a really good run through last year's start. I think I, I lost to the winner. So, uh, right. I felt yeah. relatively good about that. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I, I was just having a really good run and, you know, I was just doing, I had some other hobbies I was working on things like that. And I just kind of had this moment where I told my wife, I'm like, man, if I could go back in time and do a speed run for like myself when I was oh, 12, yeah. Yeah, I would think I was the coolest son of a gun on the planet. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to be awesome when I grow up. (laughs) Yeah. Could you imagine, you know, the six year old P train seeing the P train from 2021, you know, doing 120. What's your NMG time? 128. Uh, I think um, I'm at 127.01. I think. Yeah. I just just barely missed the 126. Oh, it's so close. But could you even (laughs) just imagine showing that to your, to your younger self and, how amazed young P train would be, man. I, I would be great. It's, it's just so interesting. Cause like sometimes it's kind of hard to find like arbitrary measures of success in life. But I feel sure. like if you can look at like your hobbies and what you do right now and think like, oh, man, if I could show this to myself, you know, when I was a kid, like I would think I'm so cool. Like it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's an oddly yeah. reassuring feeling. It's like, yeah. you know, maybe my life's not as crazy as I think. <laughs> yeah, totally. That puts things into perspective. So you, you find the, the uh, run um, at AGDQ, do you, and you immediately jump into, what, the Discord? And were you already familiar with Discord and all that kind of stuff? Or were you running seeds nope. offline? How did it go? I had to download Discord. I had to discover what that is, create an account. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's also when I first started hanging out on Twitch. And like, I, I didn't know what any of the emotes meant. So people would say things in my chat and then put a kappa behind it. But I didn't understand that like Kappa <laughs> meant like sarcasm. Yeah. So uh-huh. I was like, you know, I, I always try to treat people, you know, especially if I don't know them. I, I try to treat you. I try to take you seriously because mm-hmm. I don't I never want to offend you by thinking that you're joking, but you're actually trying to be serious. And sure, now I come across sure. as dismissive. So people would say, th- you know, just like the craziest things in like Kappa. And, I, you know, I'm trying to treat them as serious <laughs> as a heart attack. And I, they're like, oh, did you not see the Kappa? <laughs> so I had to Google what Kappa meant. I had to Google yeah. what. Uh, forehead men and all these twitch yeah. emotes yeah i'm yeah, some so 20 year old guy yep. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah never never heard of irc and uh when i first got introduced to the randomizer uh, i would actually download seeds and run them offline uh until i hit go mode and when i hit go mode because I, I wasn't very good at the game so you know the the seeds are taking me if i were to play them to completion would probably be somewhere around you know two and a half to two hours and 45 minutes Mm-hmm. And uh, I would play them to go mode and, you know, that, that would be it. My first actual race was against a runner call is all one word. He's just a boy. Um, 
And that was my that was the first round of the 512 Swiss tourney. And that was my first race ever. Oh, wow. So you jumped right into the thick of things. Huh? You didn't even go from like casual races on Discord or dailies or anything. You just went right into the that, that tournament. huh? Yeah, I wanted it may have been. I don't know if it was during the tournament or right after I got kicked out of the Swiss. I, di- I didn't move on to the next age tournament because I was trashed here. Um, but. I want to say it was like maybe a week or two after getting booted out of that tournament that I joined my first daily race. Oh, wow. So how many races were you doing or how long were you doing those offline races? And when did you start completing them? Because that's a big portion of the game that, (laughs) that you're not, you know, you're not finishing. Honestly, I, it's hard for me to focus on anything when there, there's nothing there's nothing at stake. Mm, um, I see. And so like offline runs, I just never could be bothered to finish them after I found the items. Cause at that point it just, the magic was over. Um, and the same, like with tournament races, like unless I'm like on Ganon or, you know, at Moldorm too, like if my opponent finishes, I'm probably just going to forfeit. Cause at that point I know I've lost anyways. I don't really have interest in finishing the seed. So, um, it wasn't until I actually started racing that I, that I actually started finishing the seeds and, uh, yeah, it, it was a it was a long way to go because GT like when you don't know what you're doing that's a, yeah that's a long <laughs> yeah. dungeon that's a long difficult <laughs> it sure dungeon. is yeah and you know not practicing Ganon and things like that that's a it's, I remember having a doing lots of Ganon practice before I joined my the main the my first main tournament because it was so scary especially Master Sword Ganon so you jumped right I, into I the five five twelve I think. Yeah, I think they had a questionnaire where they asked, what item do you want to find the most? And after that tournament, to this day, that item is always the boots. But for that tournament, because I was brand new, uh, actually, my, my item, I think, that I put on the questionnaire was silvers. Because I, oh, I, sure. did, I, I <laughs> yeah. barely knew how to do silverless yeah. gaming. <laughs> yeah. So. It's, yeah. Like we t- I, I think, you know, when you get to a level of experience that you're at, you kind of take for granted the Ganon fight, you know, because... While it's not that difficult, it does take a quite a bit, quite a bit of practice to get to the stage where it's not that difficult. Um, which is, you know, like when you see newer, newer runners playing the game, it's kind of one of those things you, you kind of want to encourage them to practice the most because you can, you, know, you can definitely lose race uh, on a Ganon fight if you're not prepared for it. Yeah. So you do the five twelve. You don't. How how well did you do? You said you didn't move on, but do you remember how well you performed? Were you were you just happy to be there, sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, I think I had this like Swiss Gambit phenomenon because I was bad, right? So I lost my first two matches, but that means that everyone else I was facing also had lost their first two matches. So I got an easier pool, and also at that time I actually was putting time into like learning boss fights and. You know, mm. some basic movement mechanics. So, uh, I think I went, I think I went like f- three and four or something like that. I, I know I won okay. at least two matches, so I, I didn't get blown out, but, uh, yeah. no, it was, it wasn't a great, uh, performance, <laughs> but you probably weren't too upset, right? Or did you, were your expectations like just kind of go in and have fun or try, uh, I mean, you know, I do got your best? Absolutely. Or? I got absolutely stomped in my first race because he's just a boy was a pretty good runner and I, yeah, I was brand uh-huh. new. Like he actually told me later that uh, once I got good and like we actually rematched each other in league 
And uh, I made a comment. I was like, yeah, I wasn't that good when I faced you back then. He's like, yeah, to be honest, I wasn't that worried about racing. I was trashed here. Like I, that was my first time I'd ever done anything. Uh, yeah. I didn't know any of the strats. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like, I, I wasn't that worried about you. And looking back, I, I don't think he had anything to be worried about. <laughs> for sure. Now, did you end up doing some commentary for that that tournament? Is is that yes, the I infamous did. smoke Solsky race? Was that in that in that tournament? That was, and I, I commented that, yeah, or commented. So, that. yeah, what was your perspective as that was going on? Like, obviously, if you're if you're not familiar, uh, Solsky was racing. Uh, what was his name? Uh, I love to smoke meth or I something like that. Meth, six, I nine. smoke meth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> quite, Class, quite classy name. name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he ended up cheating uh streams stream sniping solsky because the hammer ended up being on on zora were you as a commentator aware of what was going on or what was it wasn't until afterwards and things kind of blew up that you were you know privy to to what was happening or were you just you know obviously you're not going to call out cheating while you're doing commentary but was there any part of you that was suspicious or were you still kind of green to the whole commentary scene and and everything so i was new and admittedly whenever i was doing commentary there there were a couple of things that were going on um first off it i think that was like maybe my second commentary ever Mm -hmm. so i was very focused on just not sounding dumb and and making sure that i had everything correct uh Mm -hmm. the other part was my my co-com i don't think did did any races at that time. Okay. So there, there were some things that he was saying that, that I was trying to like politely correct things like, uh, you need a glove to get to the dark world. Um, <laughs> so I, I was like correcting like that level of information. Wow. So it, I, I was kind of focused on <laughs> yeah. that too, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, from, from there, there were some weird things that just as a commentator, you're calling out like, uh, when smoke had killed Aga, he picked up Kiki and I was like, oh, this is awful because once he pays to go into pod, he's not going to have enough money for Zora. And mm-hmm. almost like 20 seconds after that, he mirrored and then went to Zora. So it's almost as if like he heard me, right? Right. Just the, <laughs> the timing of that. Because why would you pick up the monkey and then mirror like right. and then just go check Zora randomly? And mm-hmm. then his interview, things didn't line up too. And I didn't want to call him out on it. But uh. He had made some kind of comment about uh, he didn't have the bow, so he didn't want to go into pot or something like that. But he had picked, he went to Hylia Island to mirror and pick up the bow, and then was on his <laughs> way to pod. So that right. you know, just you're you're remembering things differently than they happen on stream, right. and it just it, it was really bizarre. I, I didn't, I, I was still pretty new to the the community, so I didn't want to be like. Right. This is super. There, there were some things that didn't line up. I don't know sure. that I was confident enough in in myself and my analysis to be like this guy is clearly cheating. Sure, it's such an awkward situation because you don't want to call out cheating. Uh, you know, it's like commentator one hundred and one. You don't call out someone's cheating on stream, um, even though it ended up you know blatantly be, being cheating. But it uh, just imagine like your. You like your second or third commentary and you having to deal with with this kind of craziness right away. 
Yeah, it, it was kind of weird just because there, there were a lot of things. Like, I know that Ack did a stream where uh, he kind of analyzed the situation and uh, WQ or Real Alpha Gamer, whatever he's called now, he also did like he was doing some kind of cheating montage or whatever oh, yeah that video came up so it's just kind of weird that like anyone who talks about it like just seeing my name pop up like because i don't i'm i'm a nobody right like i who am i uh but just seeing my time, name just kind of yeah just just attached to that is kind of weird <laughs> totally yeah for sure and and you're just fresh into the community too as well so it's like it's just a it's just a crazy uh crazy moment to be a part of you know involuntarily you know you're not racing you're just doing commentary for speed gaming at the time um yeah, that, there was a lot of fallout from that i think that was like the beginning of stream sniping too like that's when it mm -hmm. i think because of that race was when they enacted the delay for the first time oh okay yeah so you've been around for for a long time you've seen uh well you you know uh you started in 2018 you've been a part in, of most of the main tournaments when you, when you joined after that, that first main tournament, wh where do you go there? Are you just trying to stay competitive? Cause I think at the time there's also two main tournaments a year back then. I, I missed the secondary tournaments. Okay. So I, I wasn't early enough for that. Cause I think there was like a main tournament and then there was like a secondary tournament or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think once league came out, that kind of took the place of secondary tournaments. Yeah. Um, and then also the crawl skis tournament came out. So basically like there, there's no shortage of competitive rando now, mm -hmm. whether it's some kind of I, I air quotes, like officially, like, sure. you know, the, like I don't think anyone would host a crawl skis tournament because there, there's an established crawl skis tourney, right? Right. As opposed right. to something, you know, somebody just getting together and throwing together a, a co-op tourney that's like a one-off you know it's some, something a little less structured you might have multiple people doing that kind of endeavor but uh yeah a little bit I think smaller there are scale. enough yeah i think there are enough cemented competitive events like if you want to race rando you can race some rando mm -hmm. especially with the ladder you can't oh yeah for that. sure yeah that's i mean we were racing way pre-ladder though um so did you have a goal in mind with rando were you trying to like i don't know i'm trying to get a sense of where your mindset was when you're approaching the game was it just let's have a good time let's try to be a part of the community or did you have like a even a speed like a an itch to start speed running because you end up you know running nmg and doing it really really well as well um i mean i don't know i kind of think that anything worth doing is worth doing well um so if this is something i mean geez how many races have i done how many hours have i put into it like at this point if i'm not at least somewhat decent at the game i probably need to rethink like what i'm doing with my time <laughs> right. you know? so sure. uh but I, I i'm thinking like, more I, to when you started when you when you're you know you're just joining in 2018 you, do you know a lot of people or do because you, you said this uh the, the 512 was your first tournament so you don't really know people in the community yet right like not at all yeah, so you're just kind of, again, green. Are you trying to do pickup races? Did you have a goal in mind of, like, what what I want to do with this? Or was it just like, this is cool, so let's see where it goes? I, I wanted to be competitive. Um, mm -hmm. When you're talking about people who are good at the game, I wanted to be on that list. Um, I don't know that I ever, like, really cared to be best in the community just because it is randomizer. Right. So there's always that luck factor. So, you know, much to my 
frustration these days. Um, now that I am one of the better players, that luck kind of works against me. I feel because I, you know, I've, <laughs> right. I put time into the game. I want execution to matter, you know. But yep. you know, your your opponent rushes a pendant dungeon and finds the keys to the kingdom and absolutely dunks on you. It's like, hey, you know, NMG ain't going to help me there. <laughs> right. So uh, I, I wanted to be competitive, and when I first got into the community, you know, uh, he's just a boy was went, went somewhat out of his way to kind of invite me to the dailies. Like, hey, if you really enjoy this you should do this because at the time like the dailies like that was the mm. that was what we did the altp fando that ultima was hosting um so i i got involved and there were a bunch of people there that's actually where i met gfe who's you know one of my friends and uh over time i just kind of met other people within the community you just start seeing names uh mm-hmm. some of which are still around some of which have gone um like there there are a lot of names i haven't seen in a long time like uh Ink Nun, that was a name that was around with the dailies. I haven't seen around in forever. Always getting super good times. Gloin, always getting super good right. times. Um, just a bunch of people and Stokey Town. Actually, I, I wasn't aware of, <laughs> you know, like the, right. the the type of runner he turned out to be, but uh-huh. uh, allegedly. Um, but yeah, like I would see these people getting these times that, like in my mind, with my level of skill, I couldn't fathom. And I like I could never fathom getting a time that good because how can you play the mm. game that good? How do you know where the items are? You know, like you're supposed to know where the items are, but uh, right. You know how do how do you know where to go for progression and solving that puzzle was was so interesting to me and, and how you evaluate the decisions to go here versus there and reading the meta. Um, like I my first race of radical sniper. Uh, Early, early in the seed, I sequence broke up to the mountain. I didn't have a lamp or flute, and I found flippers in uh, Hera, and then I, that led to Moon Pearl and Waterfall Cave. And I just kind of forgot about that, right? And uh, mm-hmm. Meyer was a crystal, so we needed flute. And all of a sudden, like an hour later in the seed, I'm in Swamp, and I find the lamp. And I was like, wait a minute, lamp. I was like, that means flute was to get to the mountain. I was like, wait a minute, flute flippers are on the mountain. Moon Pearl was behind the flippers. <laughs> flute can't be in the dark world. And I, you, just when those moments happen and you track the logic yeah. like that, yeah. to me, that's like rando at its best. Like yeah. when, when there's a puzzle to solve and you track that and you're, you're reading the logic and that, like, I just, I think that's such a cool thing to do, um, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why, like, I'm kind of against things like progressive bows, right? Because it it obscures that that logical follow through of your items. Right. Uh, when yeah. you find a bow, you don't know if this is the bow that you were supposed to find first. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't know. I just that that whole sequence of figuring stuff out and you know weighing your decisions, what makes the most sense to check. Uh, that that's just such a cool thing to me. Like I, that's the, my favorite part about Rando, if I'm being honest. Sure. Was there something that was like uh, scratching the competitive itch before you had Rando? Other any sort of other game that you were playing, like maybe competitively online, or was there anything that was because you know, you know, like the 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 competition that you get from Rando, you don't find everywhere. Yeah, actually, no. This was my my first introduction to anything that was competitive. I mean, I've done. I'm using air quotes. Competitive things. 
Um, I was a music major in college, so we did lots of auditions and things like that for different mm. ensembles. So, so I'm used to like preparing for a competition of sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where you're there, there's some kind of performance check and, and you mm -hmm. need to be prepared for it. Um, but really like in terms of competitive gaming, like, no, um, I've always enjoyed playing game win or lose. I just love playing the game. Um, mm -hmm. although I will say that one thing I do miss about randomizers, the fact that you can't really, you can't really share the experience until it's over Oh, because right. You can't talk to people, you know, there's a the whole metagame aspect and, you know, if you're, if you're going to make it a voice call, you have to establish that it's a voice call Yeah. and, and, you know, not everybody's friends with everybody. So whereas like me and GFE are really close and we enjoy being in a voice call, you know, you add a third party to that, then all of a sudden the dynamic gets weird because maybe we don't know this third person that well. Mm -hmm. So, so it's just, it, I, I really do enjoy the game. I enjoy being competitive. I, I also like you know, seeing how other people handle the competitive aspect. But in Rando, you don't really get that until after the fact. So that's like right. one thing that kind of makes me sad about Rando, competitive Rando. Mm -hmm. um, but Except yeah, no, co-op, right? Co-op scratches yeah, co that itch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I really, GFE is usually my co-op partner. And I, I really, really enjoy running with him just because we, we always have a good time. Uh, sure. We, we have our memes that uh, we give each other hard times about. You know, he's taken some bad <laughs> deaths. I've taken some bad deaths. I'll find blue mail and forget to tell him, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. And it's almost like you guys are opposites in a way in, in like the things that you like about Rando. Like I'm going to have to get GFE here you know, on here at some point and, and do a deep dive conversation with him because he is he is somewhat of a memer when it comes to routing. Whereas you, I would never call you a memer. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so it's like this sort of yin and yang that kind of is pretty spicy when you put it together. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that's a that's to our advantage, though, right? Because when, yeah, totally. when we're doing co-op, like we bring two different perspectives. Because right? if you both have the same perspectives, then basically you just have two people doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you don't really you're, you're not as diversified in terms of your what you perceive your options are when you're trying to route a seed. Um, so having GFE who likes the, the low percent plays and, you know, he's always looking for an excuse to go into ice palace, looking for a hammer, maybe even before his moon pearl, like that kind of stuff. And, uh, I tend to be a little bit more like item dense checks. So, uh, right. No, I, I think we pair really well as a co-op, uh, for that reason. It, it's true. I think you guys make an awesome team and, in fact, if I th I'm if I'm thinking about this right, your team has to be the only team that's played all four seasons with the same three players. I can't think of any other team that's done that. I right? want to say there. I can't. I can't think of. I want to say there was one more, maybe like less French only, Canadians or something like that. I know they've switched. They've swapped players out in that team. Um. So I, I don't think they yeah. have. We might be the uh, only OG team. Yeah, there's six because there was only sixteen teams. You were one of the teams that joined in the in the first season with you, GFE and Sabo, and you talk about how much fun it is to play as a as a team. And you know, I'm obviously super biased since I created the league, but I totally <laughs> agree that co-op is such a fun way to play especially compared to all the other different ways that we normally play, which is, you know, one-on-one -on -one or in big group races against each other. 
but you've guys had some really bad luck in the league. <laughs> I think even we have. You're, I mean, you and GFE and Sabo are all excellent runners who've all done well in main tournaments and all of, all the other tournaments. It's like for some reason in the league, you guys have just not been able to put it together where it's almost like a, a, a meme unto itself. Um, you guys haven't made the playoffs, right? We have not. Wow. How is that possible? I, just, <laughs> I, I don't, don't get it. Y'all tell me. <laughs> one team that's been together all four seasons and still hasn't made the playoffs. I, it just doesn't, it doesn't compute. You tell me that. And it's like, of course, P-Train and GFE and Sabo have been to the playoffs at least once. But no, it's uh, that's one of those weird phenomenons, really. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I will say that I try not to take League too seriously just because I remember mm-hmm. like when it was originally started, it's just like, hey, we just want to race with friends. And that's yep. how I always take it. You know, I, I think Sabo's an excellent guy. I think GFE's an excellent guy. Yeah. I don't interact as much with Sabo as I do with GFE, unfortunately. But um, but ironically, though, he's actually the only randomizer community member that I've met in person. Um, oh, wow. My, my wife has a friend in Canada. And we visited, and I sent Sabo a Discord message. I said, "Hey, we're going to be in this area. Are you going to be anywhere? Are you anywhere near this area?" And he was like, "Actually, yeah." So we sat down and uh, got a coffee. And uh, I remember being super nervous because I've never met anyone mm-hmm. in the community face to face, and I had no clue what we talked about. I just know that I talked so much, <laughs> and I was so nervous. So. Uh, but he's That's such so a funny. cool guy. Like, it, I know. Sabo is so chill. Like for to be nervous with anyone, it's like, how could you be nervous with Sabo? But I get it. Like you're actually, you know, we spend a lot of time with these people, but most of the, you know, we never get to see them in real life. You maybe get to see them on camera or whatever, but it's not, not quite the same thing. And that's kind of my goal of the podcast is even though we're not, you know, sitting down in the same room together, just chatting with people is, is a lot of fun. That's kind of outside of, of Rando. Yeah, so there's so many different people with so many different perspectives and life experiences, and it's just really Mm -hmm. neat to get to know everybody. Yeah, and what's cool about the game is how different it is for every every runner, right? Like, so um, in our kind of circle of friends, we've got the memers of, like, GFE and Julo, and then we've got the Luxackers, like, Gamachu. And then uh, we got the unlucky ones like me and Google. In a category of his own. <laughs> yeah, it's totally. Totally. But we all have like different, ex- you know, experiences with the game, but we're all still playing the same game. What, something that I find super interesting about you is uh, you are like one of the genuinely nice people in the community who goes out of his way to like help people and help new runners. Like, uh, I mean, even people that aren't new, you helped, you were one of the people that taught me how to do, um, spooky action. And you're kind of always available to help people because you have this like world of knowledge. Does that come just from you being a genuine nice guy? Or did you kind of like set out to like, Hey, I I like to help people get better at this game. Well, first off, I've slightly embarrassed. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over here blushing, man. Uh, I really, pre- I, I try to be, I mean, I think it's kind of hard to call yourself a nice person. I think that's kind of sure. for other people to, to decide. Sure. So I really yeah. do appreciate that. But, um, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm an educator at heart. Uh, I, I my major in college is music education. And, uh, mm. I, one of my favorite things in life is just the sharing of knowledge. I love learning. I love teaching. 
Um, which sometimes doesn't come off so well because like if I learn something new and I think it's like the coolest thing, like I want to tell everyone about, it. I'm like, Hey, did you know that? Like I thought mm-hmm. this was cool. Do you think it's cool? And yeah, like, dude, I've known that for like 10 years. Like you're late to the party. <laughs> like, why are you telling me this random thing? So, uh, yeah, but no. And also I remember what it was like to be a new person and to find, which, you know, again, like there's so many resources today. Like we got the rando wiki. Uh, we got the FMG tutorial, which has, you know, all of the, all of this knowledge, like already unpacked in an easily to access version. And, uh, I remember what it was like to to be a new guy trying to to find that information. You don't really feel like pinging anyone because you don't want to yeah. be a nuisance, but uh, you're really eager to learn something and you just don't know where to find it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I really like helping those people out to to the extent I'm able. You know, like I'm not going to do it for you, but uh, mm-hmm. I certainly will try to. You know, as as long as they're like you know talking in good faith and they're asking sure. questions in good right, faith. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I believe, you know, if, if it's an opinion that you truly believe in, I think that's worth uh, treating with respect. And I, mm-hmm. I try to do that in, in all my interactions, doing to others as you would have them doing to you. Sure, sure. You were a part of the second term of the council and were a leader for on the council for a while. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your time on the council. Uh, you... Un, very surprisingly, we're not part of that first term. I, I think a lot of people just assumed that you were, which you, but you weren't. And you kind of missed out on the chaos. And when you came, you were like the lead of bringing in like the bylaws. So tell me about your experience uh, joining the council. I think it was on the second term and then kind of leading that charge with the bylaws and, and kind of setting the stage for what the council had, had has become uh in, in our community um again thank you for the kind words um <laughs> but yeah I, I never had experience writing bylaws of any kind um and i just full credit where credit is due uh cassidy moen actually did like the initial draft of the bylaws they they weren't oh, complete, right. and, and i yeah and, and i did i did enough to where i feel comfortable with saying that like, yes i did a lot with the bylaws but but it, I, I would feel I would feel like I've slighted Cassidy if I didn't mention that they actually did a a very good start to the bylaws. And Mm. I I took what they had created and just kind of expanded on that and ran with it. And uh, that that ended up becoming the bylaws that the council uses today. So um, that that was kind of the start of it. Um, And really just my my personality at work, personally, in in the random community, and all things I do, is there are just some things that need to be done. And someone's got to do it. And I'm the kind of person mm. that if no one's going to do it, I'll just go ahead and do it because yeah. it needs to be done. And there's no sense pretending like, like it's just going to do itself. Right. So yeah, yeah. I knew bylaws needed to be done. I didn't see anybody else like really stepping up to do it. I didn't mind doing it. So I just kind of stepped up and I was like, Hey, you know, I, I took what Cassidy had in the Google drive and just started working on it. And I was like, Hey guys, what do you think about this? And, uh, then I got elected leader and I was able to actually kind of drive that. Right. Cause before I was just a member and again, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there, there's 17 of us. What makes me any more important than any of the other ones, but, uh, being a leader, I was able to kind of direct, um, cause we, we had this, uh, I, I was actually kind of sad that, uh, we, 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 the leaders, we were talking and we had this plan and then something happened in the, in the racing council channel that like distracted from all of it. 
like we, we had this post that I was going to post the next day in the council channel. It was the, I, you, I think you were in the council. It was where I, I basically plotted out like for the next like two months, we were going to ratify this bylaw. Then we we're going to mm. vote on icebreaker and diver down. They yeah. were going to ratify this bylaw, like that whole plan. I had that ready to go. And then something happened in racing council channel that just kind of distracted from all of that. And now, like, instead of looking proactive, it looked like we were trying to appease the community by saying, hey, look what we're trying to do. Like, we're working <laughs> on it. And I, I got so mad at that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, being in the, being a council leader kind of made a lot of that stuff easier because, you know, I consulted with at the time Dante and Scary Olive and just kind of had an idea for how it should work. It, if I was the dictator and I could do whatever I wanted, this is probably how I would handle it. Do you guys have any feedback? And they were like, no, nah, just run with it. So mm. that's what we did. What do you think of your time as a member of the council? I would like to think it was positive. Um, I, I, I hope that, you know, people enjoyed me as a leader. I, I hope that I helped out, you know, at least some, but again, mm -hmm. like, I feel weird saying, Oh yeah, I was a great council leader. You know, again, I <laughs> sure. feel like that's for other people to decide. But what but, did uh, you think? Not what did other people think? What did you feel about your time and what the, and, and even your thoughts on uh, on what the council is and, and was. So I, I did enjoy. I enjoyed being on the council. I actually applied for the last term and didn't get selected. Well, I didn't expect I would, though. Um, there, There's a lot of people on the council. And if I were on the council and we're, what, pushing, what is it, 19 members and with a maximum yeah. of 20, I would probably emphasize new people over veterans returning. So mm. no, no, no arm there. Completely understand. But, uh. No, I, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed working on the bylaws. And honestly, like this is like I really enjoy Rando and I've been doing it for so long. And again, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I felt like it kind of made sense with as much time as I was putting into the game to to try to take a part in making the community the best it can be. Yeah. Um, I ended up stepping down two terms ago for for a couple of reasons. Um, number one. My, my work was changing. So mm. I, I had a bunch of major projects coming up and I just did not have the bandwidth yeah. that I had previously. And I just kind of wanted, like, I stepped, like, even outside of Rando, I stepped away from a lot of stuff just to kind of make sure I wasn't get, getting burnt out with, you know, too many plates. Spinning. Sure. Um, that was part of it. Secondly, as I mentioned earlier, like, especially if I'm not super familiar with someone, when they when they bring something to my attention or when they're talking to me, my knee jerk reaction is to assume that they are talking in good faith mm. and that what they're saying, they mean sincerely uh -huh. and uh, and that I should respond to it seriously and I should give it attention and I should you know, try to respond diplomatically, professionally, you know, however you want to word it. And uh, I don't know, toward toward the end of my council, it felt like there was a lot less of those serious discussions happening. But because mm. I was a council member and a council leader, I felt like I had to treat those responses with respect. Um, and, and I was getting really burnt out on trying to treat bad faith arguments with good faith responses. Mm, um, I see. And, and yeah. I don't know, I, I probably shouldn't have spent so much time on that as I did. But, um, yeah, that got old really quick to the point where, you <laughs> yeah. know, some of those members ended up getting <laughs> temporary bans and ended up leaving the, com sure. the, the community. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's tough when you're trying to appease people, especially when they're not 
re, you know, arguing in, in good faith, really. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, we don't have to obviously name names or anything, but if you'd been a part of those community discussions, you'll, you'll, you know, who, who, who those people are. Um, so when did you transition to NMG? When did you make the jump to NMG? Cause it's not something that you, uh, do all the time, but it is something that you mix in, um, with rando as well. And it's kind of like one of those NMG is one of those things where there's people in the, in the rando community that love to do it. There's people that came from NMG that play rando. And then there's people that have want nothing to do with NMG and just kind of enjoy the rando aspect. You're kind of the one that does it all. So, so where did, where did your, uh, when did you decide let's jump into speed running? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I'd say I do it all there. There are a lot of community members out there that do a lot more that know a lot more about link to the past than I, they, they probably forgotten more than I'll ever know. Like, <laughs> I think I, you're I not energy, giving but <laughs> yeah, I understand you, uh, you're a humble dude, but you do do a lot. Don't, don't, uh, don't, you know, discredit yourself. No, um, again, anything worth doing is doing right. So I wanted to be competitive. And, and to be honest, like the reason why I got into NMG, it has a lot to do with my music background, right? So you're, you're studying these sonatas, these, you know, concertos, and, and you're practicing for them. And one thing, I, I played saxophone. So one thing my, my saxophone professor beat into me was the importance of scales, you know, just practicing scales. Yeah. So you, you do these scales and it's like, he, you know, like you'd be, preparing this concerto didn't want to hear that i want to hear scales and, and the reason for that was because you know scales there you play them uniform you you set the metronome you up the entire range of the instrument you need perfect tone you need perfect rhythm all this other stuff and his point was that playing scales that's the ruler that you use to measure all of your other performance by mm. that if you can't play a c major scale with a good tone and a C major er, and a, if you can't play a C major scale with a good tone and play it rhythmically accurate, then how in the world can you expect to play this concerto now that there are different rhythms? Now that you're actually trying to read music rather than play it from memory, there are accidentals, there's, you know, different key signatures or time changes. If you can't play the scale right, how can you do anything else? So mm. I see NMG like it, being a primarily a rando player. I see NMG as that ruler. Mm. That if you want an objective look into how well you play the game, NMG is how you get that. Because with randomizer, like let's take a uh, Meyer two for instance, in Misery Meyer, um, you're you look at your play versus your opponent's play, and it's like, oh, my opponent got through faster. Why was that? Oh, well, he got there with sword beams. I I had fighter sword. That doesn't count. Or oh, he had fire rod. And I used a bow. That doesn't count. You know, the the good is kind of arbitrary and rando because the order in which you find items you may not have the same kit that someone else had when they got to that room but nmg everything is equal you have the the with the exception of like some rng aspects you have the same chance to execute a room that everybody else does so it right. really is just very eye-opening like where your strengths are and where your gaps are and, you know, what you need to work on to, to shore up your differences. And um, mm -hmm. I, I will admit it's, it's a, it's a black hole. Like it, it it's, it's, <laughs> if you're, you, you yeah. really have to have like <laughs> yeah. the mind of a surgeon, you know, like if you think yeah. about like the, the, the fortitude it takes to actually want to cut a dude open, you know, like <laughs> when, when you're, when you're looking at your play, like you're, yeah. you don't get a chance to celebrate because the moment you, 
the moment you achieve something, your next step is to look at what else you suck at and try to figure out uh, how to right. suck less. <laughs> right. And then you fix yeah. that. All right, well, what's the next thing I'm bad at? And, and mm-hmm. so you constantly have to look at that and you're constantly faced with that. And if even if you're not paying attention to how you're playing, your splits are very clear on how you're doing. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's kind of you know a very long winded answer as to why I run NMG and you know how I got into it. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, are you, do you have a goal for it? Are you trying to get to like one twenty five, one twenty four? Uh, that honestly, that's like something I'm kind of struggling with right now. So. I mean, I'm at 127, so like getting a 126 is kind of sounds kind of nice, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I honestly like my life has changed drastically over the past couple months, so I don't have as much time to to spend grinding that stuff. Mm. And um, also, my hands don't hold up as well as they used to. So if I try like long sessions of like grinding on the practice hack, my hands start to feel it. Mm. Um, so, so I'm less like if, if I only have so much time to to hold a controller and play a game, I kind of have to be wise with with what I do at that time. Do I want to race? Do I want to do a run? Or do I want to grind out you know stuff on the practice hack? Right. So, um, so that's a consideration. But also, just in terms of a goal, it's like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I don't know that I want to push for a world record. And I'm not trying to be naive and say like, oh yeah, world record's easy. Like I, I like as I say <laughs> right. that, it's like, do I want to dedicate a part-time jobs mm-hmm. worth of time into trying to get a world record caliber skill level? Mm-hmm. And I just don't know that I want to do that. And if I don't want to do that, then then you know how far do I want to push it? And if you don't yeah. have an answer to that question, it makes it very difficult to to focus though the hours it takes mm-hmm. to get better. And you, you yeah. have all these people. Uh, I know Vortex has been grinding. I know Relkin's been grinding. Shady Force has been grinding. There, there's a lot of other people who I'm probably forgetting. There, there's a lot of people right now putting time into that NMG run. Yeah. And I just honestly, I, I don't know that I have the the skill or the will right now to to hang with them at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you see the future of Rando going? Do you feel like we're growing as a community? Do you think that we're going to become stagnant? And even the modes, it feels like, you know, you and I have been racing since uh, 2018, where you had like standard open, uh, you know, key sanity and uh, cross keys and stuff. Now we have access to every sort of mode possible with, (laughs) you know, and it's just going to get more and more intense. Do you see that as a positive for the community or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I I don't know. It's like, I'll kind of share like my personal experience, right? As someone who started out really badly, I've gotten good, you know, like all, I I think competitive rando, like, although there always will be casual players, I think random rando just kind of grows out of the competitive scene. Yeah. Because that, I do feel like that is a significant majority of the the number of seeds that are being run sure there are people that play casually not in a race scenario but i think they are far the minority um competitive randos just kind of interesting like especially this tournament we have a lot of new names Mm -hmm. um, which can be kind of frustrating as someone who's put time to get good at the game and i I don't mean to slight (laughs) anybody when i say this but Uh there are some people who i actually think are respectable run i mean you don't get to top 64 in the tournament accidentally even if all you have is luck that you got something working for you right yeah 
So, so you have these people who see themselves as underdogs, even though it's randomizer and anybody can win. But because of that, they're like, oh, well, if I'm going to lose anyways, they, they kind of take that as like their opportunity to, to do whatever they want to do. Right. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to make these crazy plays because I'm going to lose anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. And then being the, the favorite, so to speak, um, when you're running against someone and you get dunked on because it's like, oh, yeah, I knew I was going to lose. So I just rushed in it pod and I found the boots, the hook shot and, and the mirror. And, you know, that just opened up the the seed for them. It, it can be kind of frustrating to run against that. So um, competitively, I, I don't know, like as as we continue to grow and as people get better at rando, like sometimes it feels like the better you get, the worse you get. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the, like the better you get, the worst results you get just because right. you know, once people recognize <laughs> your name, yep. you know, if they feel like they're going to lose to you, they just kind of do whatever they want to. And not yep. everyone's like that, but they just kind of do. Some people will do whatever they want to with the route. and it, It's hard to play against that. And that, those can be those are some of my most frustrating losses, if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, it feels like when you you lose to people that you, quote unquote, shouldn't lose. Hap- it happens a lot more. Obviously, as you get good in the game, you know, when you start out, you're one of those people uh, and then you play a long time and new people come in. You're like, who is this person? And you lose to them and then you lose to someone else you never heard of. And those are the races or those are the losses that feel the worst. Yeah, I mean, which this this was not one of those cases. I just want to establish that. But uh, my first race in SG Live uh, was against Amrith, and pretty much everybody, Amrith included. So I'm not trying to be rude and be like, oh, yeah, Amrith's not that good of a run. Amrith herself considered herself the underdog. So (laughs) like, like there there were a lot of people who just thought I was going to win that race. And uh, Uh Amrith, while in the Meyer area, just decided to dive desert and found the hook shot, which ended up being my go mode item that I found much later. And uh, Amrith blew me out of the water. And and it's just one of those situations where, you know, some – the most random check can just completely change a seed. No? Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. that wasn't even like a crazy, uh, that wasn't even a, a crazy play. Cause I remember I was actually talking with gamma and he's like, you you were right there. Why not just dive desert? Like it kind of makes sense. And in my mind, I just didn't think I had to, I, I was, you know, I'll come back to it eventually. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd come back to it much sooner than I did, but uh, <laughs> sure. I, I don't know. Like as you're talking about getting better, sometimes it can be frustrating to pour time into execution but then lose to your decision making like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to lead us to our last, my last question then. And it's something that I've asked everyone on the show. It's, it's about tilt. How do you manage tilt? Because uh, you play on cam for most of your races, you've got a camera set up and uh, you know, I've seen you get frustrated, but your frustrated P train is so much more mild than a lot of people's frustrated, (laughs) at at least how, how I've seen it. And compared to myself as well, I don't think you've taken an extended break from racing because of tilt or anything, but so how do you manage your tilt and how do you keep it in check? And what are the things that you do to make sure that, uh, that you're still enjoying the game? Because we've talked a lot about competitive rando, but, um, at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, then like, what's the point, right? True. Um, I think first, I'm just a generally like I just have a general positive disposition, which mm-hmm. I think helps out a lot. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes naively so where I like, like I just don't realize anything's wrong and I'm just a positive guy. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, everything's great. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, people will talk to me later about whatever situation I'm in. Like, Oh my God, was that awkward? I was like, I don't know. Was it like, I, I'm just oblivious. <laughs> right. So that's just my personality. But, um, sure. but no, I, I, I really do enjoy the game. So that, that's a big part of it. Like I just enjoy link to the past and, uh, Especially like, especially if I have boots, you know, like it's hard for me to have a bad time when I'm able to dash. Like to the tournament yeah. race I raced earlier against Radical Sniper, that was a key sanity seed. I'm not finding progression. I don't have the boots. I've been walking around for like an hour and a half. It sucks. Mm. Um, it, it becomes kind of a drag, but I, I don't know. Like I, you can't take the game too seriously. It's randomizer. It's, you know, even if you have pocket Kings, you, you still have the chance to lose to someone with pocket. Yep. Yep. Uh, anything that works 95% of the time is still going to fail 5% of the time. So I think you just have to be realistic that not every race is going to be your race. Yeah. Um, if you, even if you win like 15 out of five races or 15 out of 20 races, that means that you're losing five of those races which means you could lose out of 40 races, you could lose 10 in a row out of 60 races. You could lose 15 in a row, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that, that's just how it works. So, um, yeah, I just, I I think you have to be realistic. I I think you just, you have to do stuff you enjoy, you know, like I I don't think you should push yourself, you know, I don't, don't try to make it happen, especially in a randomizer. You know, you, you have to, as long as you're playing well, and you're making the best decisions you feel like you can make with the information available to you in a given seed, then there, there's nothing to be mad about. You played your best game. You know, someone yeah. else found items differently. They had different information available to them um, that caused them to do different things. Like um, I mentioned Radical Sniper. He went in the wrong portal on Death Mountain and couldn't dive to a rock. It's, well, you know, that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Uh you, you know, one day that'll happen to you and it will pay off for you. One day that'll happen yep. to you and you'll get <laughs> yep. burned by it. That's just yep. the nature of Rando. Yeah, it is the nature, but it's, uh, you know, I tell myself all the time, this game, you know, win or loss, it doesn't matter. Win or loss, it doesn't matter. Win or loss, it doesn't matter. And at some point I stopped believing myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I tell myself that, it you know, just have fun. It doesn't really matter. It's just hard not to to let it get to you sometimes. Yeah, especially probably when it comes the, in waves. The high, I think the highlight of my rando career was last year's, I think it was last year's tournament. I don't think it was two years ago. I think it was last year. Um, my race against Yagamoth in game three of our series. Uh, Yagamoth had a lead on me and I came back from behind uh, in the GT climb. I think I finally passed him in the Aga 2 fight. Um he had a head start on me and just little by little, I just edged out just on execution. I just gained time, gained time. I hovered Moldorm two and finally passed him in that Aga two fight. And, uh, he ended up taking a death to Ganon with a fairy, but he took a death to Ganon that caused him to have a one and two. And I just, at that point, I, I just, I had the race. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember how that felt. And it felt so amazing. Like I felt like I was a boss. Like I always, you know, again, like <laughs> mm. when you talk about people who are good at rando, yeah. I wanted to be on that list. And I felt like everyone who saw that race, like I was now on that list, like to just overcome someone with execution in a way that was like that clear. It just felt really mm-hmm. good. Um, so compare that to 
last year's okay i guess yagamoth may have been two years ago because last year i raced against one up and i was we we were almost room for room in gt and when i was fighting ganon in the second phase i accidentally got hit by a fire bat which freaked me out so i stopped i drank a potion and i had a one and two and that was all one up needed to pass Mm. me so i think he fanfare sniped me and um which is really bitter. And then also in uh, the casual boots invitational on the ladder, um, Hitsu sniped me. Hitsu fanfare sniped me uh, by like two seconds. Mm. Uh, and that that was my elimination from that tournament. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know, like th- those losses can hurt. But also I remember what it felt like to be on the other side yeah. of that snipe and how awesome it felt. So like I think I, like, I, I try to keep in mind that, yes – while getting sniped really sucks, I also know what it feels like to be on the other side of that, yeah. how awesome it feels. And I never want to be the guy that makes someone feel guilty for winning. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't want to like, cause I know they have to be on cloud nine with a victory like that. Yeah, and I totally. never want to do anything that would take away from that. So mm-hmm. that kind of helps frame everything too, because Puts while I'm not there yeah. this time, uh, there, there'll come a time where I'm on the other side that snipe, and yeah. I'm gonna feel good, and and I would hope my opponent feels happy for me. So yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Totally, because you're a good person, Peter, and that's what it is. You're able to to manage <laughs> it well. Uh, I think we covered it all, man. Is there anything else that we missed? I think I think we got it. No, um, I'm happy if you're happy, man. I really enjoy. Yeah, it. cool, man. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate you having uh, you coming on here and and uh, sharing. Your good vibes. We need more good vibes in the community too. So well, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking with P Train. P Train's one of my friends, like a, one of my close friends in the community. And fun to play games with, fun to play specifically linked to the past randomizer with. Really good, really knowledgeable. So much positivity coming from him and just uh just someone that uh that can help keep you even, which is uh what someone like me needs. (laughs) I think that's why we get along. Still shocked that uh, Spherefinity hasn't made the playoffs in the four seasons that they've been in the league. We'll see if uh, they can break that curse going into season five when they announce that. I expect big things from Spherefinity. I kind of always do. And they always let me down. So P-Train, GFE, Sabo, don't let me down this time. Get get that playoff push that I'm, I'm hoping to see from you guys. Again, thank you all for just the the general reception i've gotten from the show you're probably gonna get sick of me talking about how how good it is for me to to hear all the the positivity but i'm i'm eating it up if you can leave a review on whatever app you listen to that'd be helpful you can share the show with your friends uh help build our listener base up join the discord of course you can find the link to the discord on our website 216pod.com you can follow me on twitch twitch tv slash fear agent underscore streaming there more doing some more races having a lot of fun with the game podcast is helping that a lot gonna have a bonus episode this thursday uh this week we'll have nielsen alex uh as episode number five dropping just a little bit early so subscribe wherever you get uh your podcasts apple podcast or spotify stitcher overcast 216pod.com join the discord Thank you all for hanging out so much. We'll see you next week.